Hello to our listeners and welcome to TNT ESQ. Along with my co-host, Reese Thomas, I'm Teresa Quinlan. We make up TNT. For those of you that don't know, it's our name, Thomas and Teresa. We're here to explode the status quo, because this series is all about talking with people who are helping us to think differently, so we can start doing differently. Hello, everybody. Welcome to TNT ESQ. Today, our guest is Carol Campos. Carol runs her own empowerment and leadership coaching business. She is the host of the Divine Breadcrumb podcast. And in her podcast, Carol speaks with a variety of people who are doing really wonderful and amazing things in the world. And the focus of her podcast is sharing stories of the most pivotal moments in people's lives. Carol's also a writer, a speaker, and an overall joyful human being. Welcome to our conversation, Carol. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. One of the most incredible things that we find when recent I get to have people into the podcast is the capacity for conversation of hearing like what's going on in your world, what's on your heart, what keeps you up at night, what gets you up in the morning, and we can't wait to hear the delicious juiciness of what that is for you. Okay, well lately it's changed a bit. For the last year and a half or so, I've been really concentrating on helping people on their path Meaning if they're in a job where they're unhappy, but not sure how to get from A to B, I've been helping them with that, which I do love that because that's part of my story as well. So I've kind of walked the walk and, and I like helping people through that process. Recently, I have been called to do work that's a little bit deeper and that has caused me to have to be a little more vulnerable and share more of my personal story. When I was in my early 20s, I was in a very toxic relationship. I ended up marrying this person. Unbeknownst to me, he was an addict and I didn't grow up around that. So I didn't know how to deal with it. I wasn't really equipped to deal with it. Being the young 20 something I was, I thought, well, if I just love him enough, that will make him better. That, that didn't work. Then sure. it became, surely if we have a child, that will make him want to change. No, there was a lot of craziness. There was abuse, living in the crappiest of apartments, afraid to tell my family and friends what was going on. Mm. And all the while, my own voice, my power, I gave it away and it was all pushed down. You know, eventually we divorced and, um, you know, I raised my daughter as a single mom, but it took me a very long time to feel that I had my power back. It was little incremental steps. And then later on, what I found is, even in the workplace, even though I did pretty well and and I was successful, you know, before I left corporate, I was working as a manager for a Fortune 10 company and managed multiple teams. In other people's eyes, I was probably considered very successful. There was still this dynamic that I kept attracting, even in the workplace where I'd have these managers or directors who kind of treated me like crap, you know, and I'd work my hardest and work extra hours and putting my, all my own needs last to try to please these people. And it just wasn't working. And yet when it would come time for getting a raise or promotion, it's like, oh, well, you do a great job, but we just can't give you anything right now. Yet all around me, I saw people being promoted. 
this is the reason why in 2018, in the beginning of the year, I decided I need to leave and I can't go to another job. I need to work on myself and figure out why am I attracting this scenario? This has been a lifelong thing of people pleasing. And I knew, I knew intellectually it was tied to esteem and self-worth. And I knew a lot of where that came from, but I wasn't sure how to address it. I wasn't sure how to work through it. So yeah, I made that leap kind of into the unknown and, and hired a coach of my own. And I was very careful to find a coach who also had a spiritual side and believed in the power of energy healing and all these other things that I was interested in, but I also felt really were important in my life. So it was like the practical side, but also this other side. And it really helped me heal on many different levels. Recently, I've been getting what I call kind of hits, you know, these messages from the universe, like you need to start doing this for other people. It's time. It's time to speak your truth. It's time to step out from behind this final mask that you've been wearing. I mean, I've done a lot of work to, and I'm pretty much an open book, but there, this was this one part that I kind of kept protected. Even years, I, I had flashes where I'd be talking about this at some point to someone. That's now what I am coming out of the closet to talk about in the hopes of helping others who went through similar situations. That's such a moving story and I'm really touched that you'd shared it with us. And one of the things that I wanted to ask is, how does it make you feel sharing that with us? Because I know this is quite a new thing. This is probably one of the first times you're sharing it publicly to see the look on your face for what you would talk just through that story. And then to see right now, Carol's face is beaming. She had the biggest smile on her face. She's stepped into her power and she is ready to fly. So how does that make you feel to openly share that? Well, I got to be honest, Reese, there's butterflies going on. There's always a little fear, but for me, I don't look at a fear as a bad thing. It's some kind of fuel that's directing me somewhere. So if I'm afraid of something, that's for me anyway, it's usually a sign that's the direction I'm supposed to go. Mm, it's quite interesting is fear, anxiety, excitement almost manifest themselves very similar in the Absolutely. body. Sometimes it can be as simple as a mind shift of speaking to ourselves, oh, I used to call that fear, anxiety. What I've learned is that's me excited to move into whatever new door is opening and all I'm doing is trying to pay attention to where the new door is. Exactly. I love that. And, and I reference fear as, you know, it's excitement without a plan. I'm not sure what's happening yet. So now that I'm kind of getting it all out on paper and I've created a new program around this, now I'm starting to kind of calm down. But talking about it, being interviewed about it, this is, this is new. So tell us about the divine breadcrumb. Obviously, there's the podcast, which we'll get to in a minute. I'm assuming there was one or two divine breadcrumbs that happened fairly recently that led to this realization that now there's no, no need to continue hiding, no need to contain your true self. And can you share with us? Because people will have these breadcrumbs unless you're really aware, noticing them and acknowledging them and, and in transferring them from that sort of subconscious level into a conscious level to make you aware of them. They'll go past them, they'll dream past and they'll miss them. What was it that made you finally acknowledge it? Because I'm mm -hmm. sensing that you had plenty of these breadcrumbs before. What advice would you give them for noticing those, those breadcrumbs? 
Yeah, well, and sometimes you don't until you look back and you can connect these dots, which I'm calling divine breadcrumbs. Sometimes it's a little more obvious. I've always kind of joked that I'm a brick to the head type of person, like the universe <laughs> will kind of tap me on the shoulder and I don't notice that. And then it's a little bit more of a shove and then finally the brick to the head. So it's taken me a long time to really pay attention and open up my mind enough to say, okay, that could really mean something instead of just well, that's just a coincidence. As humans, we, we do tend to just ignore the signs. And even when we get a sign, you know, there's a lot of people who are into numbers, let's say. So some people will say, well, I see 1111 all the time. So they'll see it maybe twice in a day when they're trying to make a decision about something maybe. And they acknowledge it, but then they say, but I just need to see one more sign universe, just one more, like we're never really satisfied. And the thing with the way the universe speaks to us, I believe it's consistency. It's just going to keep happening in different ways. So in my case, I was having a talk with my former coach who is now my mentor and I was a part of his first coaching program. So now I'm one of his coaches and we were talking and he wanted to have my bio and picture and so I had given my bio and it looked very much like all the other bios I've supplied. And he said, well, Carol, I don't know how you feel about this, but you know, we've talked a lot about some of the things you've gone through and I don't see a mention of any of that here. And I was like, all right, you've caught me. Yes, I, have, I, was, I was nervous to do that. Then I, I'm kind of woo-woo, so I, I love talking with channelers and, and all kinds of stuff. And we have a lot of people who do that type of thing on the show. There was a woman that I met locally who is an amazing channel, and I had a session with her. And the group that she channels, she refers to as the gods and goddesses, and they don't really hold back. They basically said, you need to be doing this, this, and this. We know you're scared, but we see this is what you're being called to do. That was number two. And then with COVID-19, it became painfully aware that there were a lot of people stuck at home in bad situations. And I remember being in my 20s and when things were really bad, I could leave. You know, I could take my daughter and go visit my mother. Of course, I wouldn't tell them what was really happening, but I could, I could get out of the picture. Obviously, with the, with the rules around the pandemic, which are needed, people were stuck in these bad situations. So I, I had done a post about it and I had a few people reach out to me. It was just heartbreaking, some of the situations that people were in. So that was kind of that last, okay, this is the third time that I'm getting this, that I, I need to find a way to put this work out there and use my experiences as a launching pad to, to help others. It's the pivotal piece of coaches is that they're, mm -hmm. they're just further ahead of the path that others want to be on. And so you have the capacity of your story, your experiences, the things you've done to move yourself along it to share with other people. That in essence is what coaching is. And yes, there's other, I don't want to minimize it. We're all coaches here. on this. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to minimize the practice of coaching. It definitely requires a lot of tools other than just that. However, that is a lot of the foundation of coaching mm -hmm. is being able to tell your story as proof to the things that have needed to do that have gotten you through it so that you can help other people looking to travel a similar journey. Yes, absolutely. And it's one of the things that I love about coaching. 
and that's different from therapy, although therapy is wonderful, but I, I love in coaching that you can share your story. You mm -hmm. can share examples from your own life and it's totally appropriate. And not only appropriate, I think it really helps your client. So I'm wondering here if you could make a distinction for us around being called to do something. What does that phrase called to do mean? Feeling a calling to do something, it comes more from the heart. Making just decisions to do something are more from the head. It's an intellectual process. I feel when I'm being called, it just won't stop. And the words I might hear in my voice about it, you know, it's not this long explanation. It's not analyzing things the way our mind goes through every scenario. It's just very calm and this is what you need to do. Or it might show up in pictures, kind of a vision mm -hmm. in your head of doing something. It can be calming, it can be energizing, but it's not scary, it's not nitpicky. It's more of a feeling than it is a thought. Mm -hmm. I know you're still in the process. Do you feel comfortable sharing a little bit about where this new calling is taking you? Oh yeah, no, you know, I already had a couple of programs, um, but the new one that's gonna be coming out and it'll, it'll be soon is called Energy, Esteem and Empowerment. And it's gonna be a 10 week program focusing on unleashing your personal power, cultivating self-esteem, and doing some deep energy work. So I designed this program for people who feel powerless, who feel like their self-worth has been damaged or continually attract toxic situations in their lives, but they can't figure out why. Clearly, you're going to have to have done like a ton of research on self-esteem and esteem in general. And so, experiences in your relationships, what have you found or have been the biggest kickers to people's esteem? Where does it go? We probably have it when we're born, a sense yes. of self, a sense of esteem, and then all of a sudden it goes away. <laughs> Where does yeah. it go that so many people need to regain it? Well, I think what happens is most of us have had some type of wounding, and it, it's usually when we're younger. I think what happens is once we've had some type of wounding, some of us build walls to protect ourselves and others start a victim story. It's, it's just another way to cope. And the people who become the victims, little by little, they start realizing that they get something. There, there's some kind of payoff for telling this story. It's not that your self-esteem leaves you it just kind of gets covered up by these stories we start telling ourselves. Or again, in other people's cases, they don't want to talk about it. And it's just a wall that until they are at a point where they're willing to talk with someone, I suppose you could deal with it on your own. But sometimes, as you guys know, that there's a lot of blocks that are not even on the conscious level. Sometimes you just do need that help to deal with it. Yeah, I think definitely you start with that idea of where your true north is you got this this road heading straight forward and then something happens and it causes you to either build a wall or cause you to be deviated away from that path and you keep traveling further and further away from that center maybe you'll revert and then something else will happen and then that'll help sort of reinforce the feeling that you felt that this self-esteem is is true and, and that your feeling of self is not what you believe it is it's what you're being told it is or you're being shown it is and that leads to another wall and another pivot another deviation so you find yourself if you're lucky you kind of go full circle and come back and keep going which sounds like maybe you did that 
I actually wanted to ask you about the energy bit, but I know that's not really quite a little bit off, top, off topic here, but feel free. So what I've been reading about recently is a spiritual intelligence. So it's like a, a step above without any disrespect to EQ. This is a model where the EQ is based on the ego and the SQ is based on the soul. This is how the guy who created this process did it in a way that's built on years of practice and study. And he's done it in the most simplest possible way to help people have this realization. The spiritual intelligence piece is about letting go of the ego and it's about embracing the soul when you're making the decision. So I wanted to know if that's something that you experienced, if that's something that helped you find your self-esteem and maybe actually tie it back to how self-esteem and ego work together or actually mm. in opposition to each other. Lots of people will downplay the importance of ego, but it does play its role. It is something that's part of us. There are many selves within our true self, and it's one of the things that we can't deny, but it's one of the things that we need to keep in check. So I'm wondering how self-esteem maybe interacts with, with ego and, and how that kind of comes back to this idea of emotional intelligence, like IQ, EQ, SQ. There is another one. It's called TQ. I know you'll love that. <laughs> Transcendence quotient. This is a great question, a great concept to explore the integration of these sort of looking at them in levels is certainly a great way to look at them. Carol, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I mean, I think the, the ego is important. You know, I, I think a lot of people try to separate it out, but I do think it's integral to our whole self. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people going down the spiritual path think that they have to completely shut down the voice of the ego or they're doing something wrong. But I don't see it as that. I mean, I suppose when I'm meditating or doing like an automatic writing, if I hear ego coming up, I kind of talk to it as a child in the backseat, like, yep, I hear you. I will get to you in a moment. But I don't want to totally shut it down because it, it tells us some things, especially surrounding self-esteem. If you want to know if you have a healthy self-esteem, ask yourself how easily you get triggered. How easily do you get humiliated? How quickly do you give, do you give your power away? And that's tied into the ego. So that it, it, it helps us recognize that. That answers part of your question. <laughs> a really big part of the question. What it brought up for me is in my early 20s, I was like reaction queen in relationship to my, to my mother. And I know my, gave away my power all the time emotionally to her. Yeah. I mean, we can look back. I'm 47 now. I could totally look back now and go, wow, I am so glad that my brother-in-law at the time said to me, what is going on with you? And that was enough of a trigger, even though I had heard it from other people before, but that was enough of the brick <laughs> boulder yeah. perhaps to actually get me to pause and go, it's a really good question. Yeah. I think about that. And it all came back to, wait a second here, I am giving away, I have a choice here. Turns mm -hmm. out I don't have to pick doing that. And I can transcend the ego leading. And that's where EQ came up for me. Now the spiritual stuff has been elements along that road as well. The transcendent is something that is part of the path. I just, just haven't reached that point yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. And, and, and I would say the key to self-esteem is that intuitive clarity and and trust in oneself off, often trusting in something that you can't see where others are saying that's never going to work what are you talking about and being able to not be triggered by that not have your feelings hurt 
but just say, no, that, that's fine that you believe that, but, but I'm cool with this. I'm moving forward. <laughs> so in emotional intelligence, self-regard is pretty much the EQ skill set that is related to esteem and knowing your strengths and your weaknesses, accepting them. So once we know them, it's accepting them and going, oh, okay, yeah, that's me. Amazing. And very much related to IQ, these are skills. You learn them. And, and you can learn how to increase your skill set in them. Absolutely. So they are, they are ways of doing. So EQ is still a way of doing. It's not a way of being yet. That is the element of perhaps the life by divine that you mentioned before we hit the record button. And I would love if you can describe life by divine for us. To me, it comes down again to trusting in something that you can't see. I do a process every morning and it's called automatic writing. And really it's a third person journaling exercise. So instead of kind of the old school journaling where, you know, this happened today, or maybe you're setting intentions, you're literally forming a relationship and a connection to your higher wisdom, to your guides, angels, whatever you believe in basically ask questions and then let, just let the pen move. What's fascinating about it is a lot of times what will come out are words that you don't normally use, you know, phrases you don't normally use, because a lot of people feel like, well, I feel like I'm making this up. Well, well so what? If it makes you feel better, who cares? But usually your writing might be a little atrocious. And then, but then you go back and look at it later in the day, and I've gotten some profound messages from that. And it's a matter of trusting it and acting upon it. Right before the Divine Breadcrumb, the idea for the podcast came about, I had been exercising and I was doing something I hated, like a push-up or a plank. And all of a sudden, just this download came through. You need to start a community talking about Divine Breadcrumb moments. Because Divine Breadcrumb was a phrase I had been using for years. You know, so I get this message and I thought, what the heck? I don't, where did this come from? So I could have done one of two things. I could have said, well, that's weird and kept on exercising. But what I did was I ended up calling my best friend of 20 something years, went to, over to her house. I told her about it. She got really excited about it. And we decided we were going to do a podcast and neither one of us, I don't think she had even listened to a podcast at that point. We knew nothing about it. And within two days, her wife received an email in her inbox for a week-long free podcast training. If you watched it live, if you didn't, it was a few hundred dollars. So it was kind of another big divine breadcrumb, like you're on the right path. So it really is making that choice to be divinely led, to trust that it's, it's going to be okay, and that the universe has probably bigger plans than you do for yourself. I love that story because there's we talked about how you needed one, two, three signs, bricks, whatever it might be for you to make this final jump. And then you mentioned earlier about triggers. And I'm like, well, it only takes one trigger for us to react in a negative way, but it takes three really positive things to make us have that positive change. And then when you described that story there, it was only one and you acted on it straight away. And because of that initial belief, trust, connection with that, divine breadcrumb all of this amazing things have happened 
I think that's a really great message for people listening to start to try and believe that first calling. I mean, you know, you said you had to download, you had this idea. Some people, not necessarily spiritually in tune, but won't necessarily have that, but they will have certain things. And I would encourage them, and you're obviously encouraging them, to listen to those invitations to receive that information and to trust it and to act upon it, whether that's on your own, whether it's with your friends. You're a perfect example of how 18 months ago you did that, and now you have this wildly successful podcast. You've had various incarnations of uh, a really great coaching business, and now you've heard another calling, but now you're definitely certain that this is the path for you. So I'm interested, I want to just go back before we run out of time, because you were talking about when you described the three things that was empowering, there was another one I forget, and another one was about energizing, wasn't it? So can you give us a little bit of an insight into that bit? Because that's something that is talked about a lot. Yeah, and I, and I know this energy healing, it's not everybody's jam, but for me, it started out with being certified in Reiki. I absolutely loved it, and I, I didn't really make a practice out of it. I, I did it with family and friends, but they always told me how good they felt afterwards and just relaxed and almost like things were just cleared out because we did a lot of, I don't know if everyone knows what chakras are, but they're energy points along the body and, and clearing those. And then later on, when I was being coached, my coach used a technique called emotion code, which is another type of energy clearing. And it was started by Dr. Bradley Nelson, who's a chiropractor. I think his book is just simply called The Emotion Code. So it's something that he trains you that you can actually do this on yourself. And it can even be done successfully remotely because everything is energy. It's fascinating because if somebody's clairvoyant, they can probably see these blocks of energy within someone's body. I cannot see that. I can kind of, if I'm in person, feel that something's off. But basically what happens is if we've gone through a trauma, many times the body doesn't fully process that trauma. And that's where these basically balls of energy get stored and clearing those levels out. And, and some of these locks that we have, amazingly, are not even from us. They can be from prior generations. Just to give you an example, years ago, and I don't remember the name of the study, they did a study with mice what happened was they had, you know, had this little corridor for the mouse with a blue line. If the mouse crossed the blue line, he would get zapped. Well, what they found was 14 generations later related to that mouse, these mice that came after would get to the blue line and would not cross. So is it epigenetics? Is it tapping into some collective? To me, it was just fascinating that you can mm -hmm. clear things from your own life and things that might not even be yours. So all of this, I think, circles back to something at the beginning you spoke about in your story was, I decided I was going to be vulnerable. And vulnerability tends to be a really visible word right now. It comes up a lot. So I'm just wondering from your perspective, vulnerability is what to you? To me, it's taking off the masks that we've worn for many years. And I'll, I, you know, so I'll use myself as an example. I was a grade A people pleaser. Everything I did was make everybody happy. I didn't like to look stupid. There was a lot of things I wouldn't try because, oh, I won't look good or this will be embarrassing or I won't be good at it. It's putting on that, that mask, even at corporate. 
you know, this is who I'm supposed to be. I never questioned. I always wondered, okay, I'm so unhappy at every job, but I never went, went deeper than that. So I kept on this mask of the corporate life and climbing the, the ladder. So stripping that away and letting people see the real you, the real you meaning what, what lights you up, even if other people are going to laugh at it what bothers you, what makes you happy. So all the emotions and, and allowing people to see that, that to me is what's being vulnerable. Amazing, thank you. That kind of ties into that time in the, in the conversation where we hashtag not anymore. You've shared so much incredible stuff with us and we're excited to see what this new project is you're gonna be working on. But I think the most important thing that you, you've mentioned from the start, it's been concurrent throughout the whole story is about listening to that divine calling and if you want to replace divine with true calling purpose whatever feels most comfortable is there something that you can share with us for our listeners to help them understand and acknowledge those signs those breadcrumbs and not wait two three four times you know what would you say to people to start acknowledging trusting and taking action upon these signs First of all, trusting that we're all connected, not just, not just a select few of people get signs, we all get signs. So don't think like, oh, well, that couldn't happen to me because it can, it, it does. You might not be aware of it. So becoming aware of synchronicity, some signs and whatever you want to call that, you might call it a coincidence. Pay attention to it because that is the way the universe speaks. And this, again, is where you know it's coming more from divine than your head because, there, again, there's, it's not emotionally charged. It's not analyzing. It's just these little messages that, that come up. I would ask questions in a journal even. What am I meant to do? Get quiet and whatever answer comes to you. It takes practice, I think. We're, you know, we're not used to getting quiet and meditation is hard for a lot of people. Um, I think that's why I like the automatic writing journaling because it's, it's an active exercise, but practicing things like that. So you can start trusting that you have a connection and it's really, it's the most fun thing when, you know, say you're connected to numbers and you start seeing your favorite number on license plates, on, on trucks, on the side of a wall or whatever. For some people you think, okay, well, my grandmother passed, she loved cardinals and now you're seeing cardinals. Like trust that that's, that's a little hello, that's a sign. Just start paying attention because the signs are really everywhere and they show up in our pets. A lot of times our pets will take on symptoms of illness and things like that before we even get them. There'll be signs in our car. If you're in your car, the front end of your car represents the future, the back end is past. Sometimes there'll be problems with the car before it manifests in your own body. There's, there's all kinds of communication. And it really is just starting to tune in and not just brush it aside as some weird coincidence. So what does it, what does it mean that I'm like fascinated and infatuated with getting a Vespa? <laughs> <laughs> well, not knowing all your background, I'm not sure. What does it mean to you? I'd have to throw it back at you. Means I want to go back to Italy. That's what it means. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a really great book. It's called Conversations with the Universe by Simran Singh. She's had the book out for a while, but I love it because all the things I just talked about, she goes in depth about how talking with the universe is really a conversation for people who kind of want to dip their toe into all this and learn more. That's a great resource.
Thank you. Thank you so much, Carol. Um, we're recording this on May the 4th, so it seems quite uh, uh, apt that we'll be talking about this subject and uh, May the 4th be with you. Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Carol, how can people get in touch with you? How can they find out more about you? So the best way to get in touch with me is go to my website, carollcampos.com, and you can email me at carol at carollcampos.com. Obviously, if you're more in interested rather in the podcast, that is thedivinebreadcrumb.com. And there's also a link to my coaching from that same website because it's all kind of interconnected. Okay, now we get to the end of the, uh, the conversation, the rapid fire Q&A. 10 statements, two choices, interpret it as you see fit, whatever is on your heart, whatever's on your mind, whatever's in your soul. So are you ready? Uh, I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Too late now. Uh, <laughs> number one, <laughs> manager or leader? Leader. Uh, number two, active or reactive? Active. Number three, black and white or gray? Oh, that's a tough one. Oh my, I'd like to say black and white, but I tend to be more gray, I guess. <laughs> I'm sensing you're going to say colors there. I don't know why. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to say, I did, that wasn't a choice, but yeah, that's what I would have said. <laughs> Canada or England? Ooh, well, I've been to England. I haven't been to Canada and I loved England. So I'll say England. Nice. Number six, heart or head? Oh, easy heart. Mm -hmm. Number seven, empathy or assertiveness? Empathy. Number eight, introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Number nine, logical or emotional? Emotional. And number 10, innovation or process? Innovation. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Carol. I really appreciate it. It's been a long time coming. Uh, I've always wanted to have you on the show and I'm glad that we were able to take a slightly more divergent route from the uh, traditional leadership route and to embrace some of the other aspects that you have already embraced and are going to be helping everyone else make significant changes in their, in their lives, in their self-esteem, in their um, divine calling. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, Carol. We love to hear all of your feedback here on TNT ESQ. So if you've enjoyed this show, you've learned something, you've been inspired, please share it with your friends. Please rate the show. Please write a review on whichever podcast uh, platform you enjoyed it on to help us spread the word, help more people think differently and more people start doing differently. Thank you.